on all of your social media outlets at All Real Radio. We make the world better. Make the world better. You are now tuned in to AllRealRadio.com, where we make the world better. This is Sam Oser, your unconventional journalist, reporting Saturdays at 1.30. Today we have a special guest, uh, two special guests, but before we go into that, I do have two announcements. So on a national scale, the Kellogg's Union strike has reached a tentative deal. They have received a 3% increase in their pay, among some other things, which uh, we'll probably talk about next week, but it's a tentative deal, so they might go on strike again. If you were (laughs) uh, rationing your Pringles like I was, today is the day to just go ahead and re-up your Pringles stash and any other Kellogg's products that you buy uh, in case they go on strike again. In local news, we have our very, very first essential workers board at the Harris County level that is at uh, the very first on a national scale. Next Saturday, I'll be interviewing the Workers Defense Project to talk about their work because that is amazing. Um, And I'm definitely afraid of electoral politics. I don't trust it. So I'm curious to see how they plan on navigating that. Um, That's next Saturday. But for today, we have two very special guests. We have Kendra London, a Fifth Ward resident, founder of Our African Fam. And we also have Molly Cook, uh, RN and organizer for Stop I-45. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So um, (laughs) the Stop I-45 movement has been a whole thing. Y'all have been a force. Y'all have been like in all the national corporate media news. Um, Last year, Susan and Neil joined me to talk about sprawling and basic freeway terminology. Um, But since then, what's been going on this year? Yeah, um, I can start on that mm-hmm. one. Um, it's been it's been a big year. It's been a big year. It really started with quite the high. Shortly after the new year was when Harris County filed a lawsuit um, against TxDOT that did not stop the project, but called into question their NEPA, their environmental process, 
which we were very excited about um, and felt supported by. And then around the exact same time, the federal government announced the pause of the project, uh, not stopping it, but pausing it, so that they could investigate Title VI complaints that were rolling in from residents and advocacy groups. And um, so there was a lot of celebration. And since then, there's been a million meetings, a lot of letters, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of goings on. Um, most recently, we saw Harris County stay that lawsuit. Um, they're planning on a 30-day stay. I don't think it's actually started yet, quote-unquote, so that they can negotiate with TxDOT. Um, and we also saw very recently announced um, at the Texas Transportation Commission meeting that happened recently um, that the FHWA has also lifted the pause um, for segments, for parts of segments three, um, segment three and and like kind of half lifted it for one piece of segment three, we can get into it. But um, so those are a couple of blows. We're not happy about that. And yeah. we're really gearing up. Um, the FHWA is coming to visit, actually coming to Houston to do their site visit. So we are excited about that. We're gearing up for it and staying focused. And, you know, these fights last a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just some context for folks, the FHWA, it's the Federal Highway. Thank you. Uh, Administration. Administration. What's the W for? Oh, there's no W. It actually, like FHWA or FHA, which oh. is kind of strange. Um, and they are governed by US DOT, which is Secretary Pete Buttigieg's whole um, domain. So they all kind of run together. Ugh, Buttigieg. I don't like that man. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the expansion it was set uh, to displace a fuck ton of people mm-hmm. and businesses. Kendra, you know, you're all up in that community where people will be displaced. So what are you seeing? Um, Right now I'm seeing beyond disappointment. I'm seeing stress, um, confusion of where will we go? Will we even be selected to get a housing voucher, which is very disappointing to even hear? Um, My neighbors are living in affordable housing apartments right now and they're being asked to do community service to stay in compliance in order to receive a housing voucher which is the weirdest shit I ever heard because we're being uprooted we're not asking to leave we never wanted to go anywhere so for you to have a stay in compliance in order to receive a housing voucher that should be given to you because of the hell that they're putting them through is weird as hell to me. So um, I'm watching my neighbors not understand what section, the difference between Section 8 and a housing voucher. There's no, there's, there hasn't been enough education going on about the two different programs. So when you're on Section 8, everything is taken care of for you on that property. Mm-hmm. When you're on a Section 8 voucher, that is the rent that is taken care of for you. And depending on your income, you may receive a utility check. If my neighbors take this housing voucher um, and move to anywhere outside of Fifth Ward, there's going to be all kind of other expenses that they will not be able to afford. So you give them the voucher, you pay the rent, you may pay the utilities, but the cost of living, they will not be able to afford it. So I'm watching um, the convenience of my community. It's being taken away. Our safe zone is being taken away. We are safe because we know 
who is who. We are safe because everyone knows who, where you belong. Mm-hmm. Um, the displacement, I can speak from experience. I always thought that I can always live in Fifth Ward, that I would always. It's home to me. Um, I believe a year ago, two years ago, I, I drove around for over an hour looking for affordable housing. And I'm, I, at the time, I was an employee for the city of Houston, and I couldn't find it. All of the rent now is $1,500 or more. That's not affordable Mm-mm. for forty for the people that work 40 hours a week and with most kids. <laughs> most, yeah. yeah, most people. It's not affordable. So when you come through and you say you're going to revitalize my community, revitalize it for who? Is it not us? We're not welcome anymore. And the way that you're showing us that we're not welcome is you're leaving us out of decisions that affect our lives, that impact our lives. You're leaving, you're leaving us out of um, the affordability to stay home. Yeah. So, so during this uh, entire time, you know, it's supposed to be a democratic process. They've laid out how you're supposed to go about stopping freeway expansions, how you're supposed to engage with TxDOT, how you're supposed to engage with the uh, Texas Transportation Commission. But along the way... I've heard you guys talk about how it's been like nothing but undemocratic. Could you guys speak on that? Uh, let me say, to, for it to be democratic, it has to be inclusive, right? Mm-hmm. They like it. It's like <laughs> it. Everything that's coming through my community is more so of a public service announcement. Okay. This will be done. Mm. This is going to be done. This will be done at this time. So we learn about things through Twitter. We learn about things through social media. Where are the um, where's the representatives? Yeah. Well, that just happened this week, didn't it? With yeah. the segment C. Yep. Yeah. Segment three so C. When you lift the pause only on, off of a certain part of the um, plan and the certain part of the plan that you lift the pause happens to be a predominantly and historically black and Latin uh, community. This is the reason for the Title VI. This is why we salute um, the Stop I-45 expansion organization. This is uh, evident that it's a racial injustice that's happening to us. I'm 40. My granny is 83. My granny has stories of I-10 coming through Fifth Ward. So now I can tell my son stories of this I-45 expansion. So it seems to be a racial tradition. When will it stop? Where's our representatives? Why is my community so in? Why is my community so special that you would lift the pause just for us? Yeah. So just to give context for for folks listening, so part of the pause that we were mentioning that we've been talking about is earlier this year, they put a pause on the freeway expansion so they could do this Title VI civil rights investigation. But this week on Tuesday morning, out of what seems like freaking nowhere, Hmm. um, they lifted uh, a pause on segment 3C. There's two... 3A and B. 3A and B. And parts of 3C. And parts Mm -hmm. parts of 3C. So there's 3A, 3B, 3C, 3D, and section 2, it looks like. Um, (laughs) So 
How did you guys find out about this? The <laughs> Twitter. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and it was just the TTC meeting, people reporting about that. And well, the Texas and you guys have been meeting. engaging with these or with these organizations for what, two years now? Three? It, this is, it is, a, it is absolutely a continuation of business as usual, which is closed door meetings, exclusivity. Um, you know, we are, we're on the outside looking in. And what I can tell you for sure is Everything was headed in a certain direction, and then the Texas Transportation Commission called on people to use their power, their leverage, their wealth to to sway anyone that they could in a position that could influence the Title VI investigation. We heard it at the Transportation Advocacy Group fundraiser. The TAG is more or less a, um, a construction special interest group, and at their fundraiser where our, our dear friend and teammate was escorted out by multiple mm. police officers for yeah. being a paid paying attendee um at that same meeting laura ryan commissioner laura ryan you know asked people to use their wealth power and influence to try to to try to move this along more quickly and um you know that's unethical at best so after all of that pressure and a letter from seven republican congressmen who do not represent a single person losing a home to this Hmm. we see accountability crumble so, you know, it's just it's just business as usual. It's people in a position of power locking out those most impacted, centering their own their own financial interests. And uh, now we're seeing the pause lifted before the FHWA made it here for their site visit that is happening on Monday. What is yeah. going on? <laughs> yeah, you, you lift the um, pause before the investigation is done. Right. But you tell us we should be like it's. I don't know another word to call it besides crazy. Like the investigation should be done and then they should decide whether the pause should be lifted or not. You don't lift the pause before an investigation. And there should be no way politically to rush a Title VI investigation. This is not, and this is not. This is a civil rights investigation. Right. right. This is, is investigating whether or not a very, very large, powerful, wealthy, governmental organization is violating the civil rights of the people it purports to serve. You absolutely have to do your due diligence on this. We are, we're really disappointed about it. Well, and so, you know, we were talking earlier um, about how like the, the title six investigation team only is comprised of four people. And I think they've, they've maybe brought on more people, but initially when we started interacting with them, yeah, we were like, Oh wow. And that's like <laughs> nationally. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> it's not their fault, right? Like the the civil rights investigation teams, like I I feel for anybody who's doing that kind of work, but to me it says a lot about how just like little attention like that should be such a a, a, a larger team, like a giant team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you would think. I mean, we have 90 years of history to know that these freeways are concrete monuments to structural, infrastructural, systematic, environmental racism and classism. We know this. So yeah, um, I think it speaks a lot to just the general kind of value we place on resisting or anti-racism in our, in our policy decisions that, you know, these teams are the size of Small nonprofits. Right. Well, you know, like policy, um, all of our policy decisions is within a white supremacist system. Mm. So no matter what policies we try to implement, like they're still within this racist ass system. Um, 
I was, you know, <laughs> I always rant about this, but like, it's just one of those check boxes where it's, it's a, it's a tool for people to say, you know, Hey, you know, we did our due diligence. We, you know, investigated the civil rights thing, but like, did they? <laughs> and luckily you guys are here to actually like show like, Hey, we, we need more and this needs to happen. But like otherwise, it's just a, a press tool. If TechStot would come into the community to actually see the lives that they are impacting, to see the um, pain that they're causing, the stress that their um, project will bring to the elders, I think they would reconsider. The elders have the convenience in my community to walk to the store. And my, the elders in my community are very self-sufficient. So they have the convenience of walking to the store. They have the convenience of getting on Metro to go to the hospital, whether they want to go to the medical center or they want to go to LBJ. Um, by destroying this convenience for them, you're going to put them into another community, which will um, bring isolation And if you want to kill an elder. You isolate them. Mm -hmm. So right now they have neighbors that look out for them because we know who they are. They've been there for so long. What if their new neighbors don't choose to do so, don't feel the need to be a neighbor? You've taken a lot, and it's priceless things that this project is taking from my community, and no one seems to care. No one seems to feel the importance of caring for our welfare. The affordable housing complexes that will be affected will be Kelly Village and Clayton Homes. Their mission statement promises something. It promises to take care of the welfare of those who are living there, who chose those apartment complexes as their home. They're failing to do so. So if, if the welfare isn't important, if um, the fact that you're destroying businesses legally stealing generational wealth isn't important, what's important? When this project comes through, it's going to take the tax bracket for the historic Fifth Ward. It's going to skyrocket. We're going to lose things just because of this project. And to do research and find out that TxDOT is building on the East River project? Yeah. Kick. This is elementary in your face. There's two multi-billion dollar um, developers that are partnering together to take what, they're, what they want and no one's holding them accountable. This is unfair. This is not... This is unfair to us. This is a racial injustice. And how do we fight it? When in our community benefits agreement, we asked for something simple, which was to bring educational training so that the community can work on that project, right? Mm -hmm. this, would bring, this would bring economic development. This would assist the community that you all are about to destroy. Um, Midway's, Midway's uh, CEO or whoever he is, David Hightower, told me I had no right to tell him what contractors to hire and to tell his contractors who to hire, right? Mm -hmm. That's fine. 
if you are were not using public money. Right. When yeah. you use public money, you have to handle business in a certain manner. You all are not just using private money. Right. So somebody has to be held accountable. What I, I would like to know if our representatives knew about this. If so, what will you do? And who's going to hold them accountable? And I think like that speaks to... Um, a lot of how there actually isn't a mechanism for accountability. And so, you know, people, people are discouraged to fight back because it is so difficult. You're, you're fighting tooth and nail to carve out something that doesn't exist. Well, and you're fighting the police state. You're fighting. Yes. (laughs) You're fighting the literal police state. Yeah. It's all, they're all in, they take care of each other. (laughs) Yeah. 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 There's no, you know, TxDOT signs off on its own um, final environmental impact statement, which is its NEPA process, the whole environmental process that they go through measuring noise impacts and measuring air quality impacts, impacts to the bayous, impacts to green spaces, all of that stuff. Um, They stamp it themselves, you know, and they're one of only, don't quote me, but I think nine states that are allowed to do that. Um, They need that taken away. There's an MOU that's renewed every five years between them and the federal government, and that needs to be taken away. There Mm. is not an accountability mechanism there, which is the reason for the Title VI complaints in the lawsuit. And you can look all through this process, and there's no point at which TxDOT acquiesces to the asks of regular people. Like, they'll change stuff for the downtown management district, or they'll move an exit. But they didn't come in and ask people what they want. There's no ground-up planning. It's very top-down, like Kendra was saying. This is already what's happening. Are you guys okay with that? And we don't care if you're not. Um, there's just no mechanism to force TxDOT to acquiesce to what we're saying, which is why we went to the state legislature and advocated for for policy that would enforce that. But they're... they're all powerful in a lot of ways yeah and just for context for everybody listening so this east river project that kendra was talking about uh the midway corporation is working to take if not already taken did they already take the money it's there yeah yeah approved they they took taxpayer money to basically gentrify (laughs) fifth ward through this east river project Um, And like the Midtown company, I mean, Midway company that's doing this development also sits on the tax increment reinvestment zone that gave them the the public money. So, you know, you have these two oligarchic entities, Mm -hmm. Midway, well, three, Midway, the tax increment reinvestment zone and TxDOT with these very specific goals in mind. Yeah. So, you know, when you when you begin to. um Go through who is who, and you see that the um, members of the TERS, which is the Tax Increment Reinvestment Zone, TERS 18 members, they usually have a two-year term. Go on the city website and look how long each of these members have been sitting on this board. To have the developers sit on the board and then simply say, I, rec- I recuse myself from a meeting, it's bullshit. You're not leaving a meeting. You sit right there and you hear exactly what's going on. These investments are being done, and they, the people who sit on the tourist board, they are, they, in order to be a member of that tourist board, the mayor has to approve you. Yeah. So who, what I'm, what I'm trying to, 
show and make people understand that there's a monopoly going on in my community that needs to be broken up. It hasn't been. Everything has been going on in silence for the last 30 years. If the nonprofit organization, the members of a nonprofit organization has been sitting in my community for 30 years, or also the people that are sitting on that tourist board, or also the people that sits on the redevelopment authority board, mm -hmm. these same people gave $133 million of our tax dollars to Midway. Midway built the city center down I-10. The one that they want to build in Fifth Ward will be twice as big. They have more land. The land was cheaper here for them. So you can't tell me that it's not a group of people that sit on top of my community and make decisions and purposely not involve us, purposely keep it a secret. When I began to learn what was going on, I started screaming and hollering about, did you know? Mm -hmm. When you educate people, it becomes that we become powerful. Once they saw that we were in the to know, then it's like, let's partner. Nope, we won't partner. We want answers. I, you don't, you don't give workshops for job employment without any any small business that comes into your community. One of the initiatives is to hire within that community. How are you a multi-billion dollar project and you say you don't tell me who to hire after you take public money? Yeah. And then you partner with TechStot. TechStot is going mm -hmm. to expand. I just don't, I'm not, I, I know I'm not crazy. So I know those who are making the decisions are not crazy. In order to expand this I-45, they have sat down and thought about the money that would come through on their mm -hmm. freeway. Mm -hmm. They have sat down and considered the money that would pass through for that midway. Mm -hmm. Who will buy homes here? Mm -hmm. who, who can we attract here? This is a partnership in your face. And then you say no. It's immediately after that community benefits agreement was passed. Um, we saw a flyer come out in the community that they were doing a workshop and on the they were doing an arts program at the Deluxe Theater. And uh, at the bottom of the flyer, Midway's logo was there, Fifth Ward CRC's logo was there. You all are partners. Yeah. And you put it in our face, which is insulting. Also, we have these different oligarchic entities, right? So we have the TERS, we have Midway, we have Fifth Word CRC, we have TechStot, we have Tag Houston. Am I missing anybody? Oh, Greater Houston Partnership. Greater Houston Partnership. Up their head recently. <laughs> so it's six different groups, well, seemingly different groups, with the same goal. goal. Mm -hmm. I think this is what... Um, Sometimes it's nebulous what people mean by the inertia of a project like this, but this is what we're talking about. You start paying attention to meetings, you start peeling back layers, and you realize major, major developers will not pay a single dime of property taxes on the quote-unquote replacement housing for Clayton Homes that will not be persistently affordable. They're not public housing units. They're voucher units. Um, you know, you start looking at, like, 
TxDOT had these plans 20 years ago, so they knew that urban land would be up oh. for grabs and be changing hands. And, you know, it's the, the cockerels own it. I mean, it just goes all the way to the top. And then you look at, okay, well, they've got these plans for the East River Project. No lay person has access to information about how urban land will be used 20 years in advance. There are very, very wealthy people, very vested industries who, who want this to happen, and they've been counting on it to happen. So we're not afraid, but that's what you're up against. And it's, it's, it's power. They're powerful. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, folks, we're going to take a quick music break and we will be right back. In the morning, 
Music is curated by All Rural Radio. Speaking of fever, we're angry. (laughs) 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 It's not the fever she's singing about, but, you know, here we are. Um, So the Federal Highway Administration is coming to town this week, like Santa Claus. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) For real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Regarding the Title VI. Uh, civil rights investigation. So what is going on with that? Like what's happening? Yeah, I think it might be valuable for people to just back up a little bit and just say what is a Title VI investigation? What's a Title VI mm-hmm. complaint? Is that okay? Yeah, go okay. for it. Um, so Title VI is part of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and it just says that you know you can't use federal money on a big project to harm people based on um, race, color, nation of origin or language of origin, more or less. So the idea that, you know, big federal projects that move forward have to provide interpretation for people so that they can understand what's going on in their neighborhoods, things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Services can't be denied to somebody through um, public housing because of the color of their skin. Like people are to be protected from Mm -hmm. this type of discrimination. And so the Title VI complaints that people, um, both residents and local advocacy organizations have have sent in are basically alleging that that Texod in some way is violating people's civil rights and using federal money to do that Mm -hmm. um you know we would argue that they're definitely doing that by really disproportionately displacing black and brown residents um by you know while TxDOT may um provide some things in spanish you have to be able to read english to ask for the interpretation things like that it's not truly accessible they're not truly trying to find out what people who prefer to speak spanish want in their neighborhoods um, you know, the flooding is going to disproportionately happen in, in neighborhoods that were already hurt by the freeway in the past and air quality in communities that are already suffering disproportionately from avid, I mean, COVID and asthma and things like that. So um, we are confident that they're in violation and we're trying to, to support people in proving that. 
Um, and that, that is what this team has come to do. So they've been really reviewing the final environmental impact statement, all eight and a half thousand pages of it, um, and things like that, and, and sort of um, talking, ongoing conversations with residents and, and groups who have submitted these complaints, which is just an online form. You can Google FHWA Title VI complaint, and it'll take you right to the spot where you fill it out. Um, and, and that is why they're coming to town to interview people, to look at the spaces, to be in the neighborhoods, to understand exactly what is happening and how people feel about it. And, um, you know, what I guess typically with a title six investigation, they, they want a voluntary resolution. So at this point, that's the idea of lifting the pause on segment three in their words is that they're looking for a voluntary commitment from TxDOT to mitigate or reduce. Yeah, Kendra's face right now. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I agree, but <laughs> reporting back what I've heard. Um, so yeah, that's what's, that's what's coming right now. The bureaucracy of it, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Um, so you guys have mentioned how you're having to do a lot of heavy lifting on behalf of this federal entity. What is that looking like for you guys? Um, and let me just say the word we right now means a lot of groups across Houston. Um, and it is a joy and a pleasure to work with so many beautiful organizations, funded nonprofits, totally unfunded community orgs, um, you know, just groups of groups of people who love on each other. And um, so, you know, we work with Airlines, Houston Link, Houston, Texas Housers, Texas Appleseed, Kendra Runs Our African Family, the Circle Coalition. There's a whole list on our most recent letter to Buddha Judge of people who signed on. And um, Texas Housers wasn't on that list because they have their own complaint. But, you know, there's a big we of everyone who's coordinating this. So, um, you know, at Stop Text I-45 right now, we are calling everyone we've had contact with to let them know. That is what I view um, as our most important role is that, you know, hey, we had a little free time to pay attention to this. We know what's going on. It's happening in your neighborhood. So as your neighbor, I'm going to come make every effort to let you know what's going on. So you have the opportunity to participate if you want to. Um, so we're phone banking right now. We're knocking on there's door knockers out right this minute, um, letting people know what's going on. And if they'd like to go ahead and file their own Title VI, if they'd like to get a meeting with the Title VI investigation team, they're meeting with people on Thursday and Friday this week, um, you know, and, and helping to coordinate that. And, and the FHWA has asked for our help in, you know, in um, locating spaces where they should be, neighborhoods where they should be, people that they should be talking to. So um, we are, we're joyfully scrambling right now to, <laughs> to try to make those connections and, and coordinate that for the most fruitful Title VI investigation pro- possible. I like uh, joyfully scrambling. <laughs> <laughs> saw eggs in my head when I said that. And I, I would just, um, I would like to say thank you to everybody that has been of assistance. Like this journey has been very long, but it's still... I'm going to use the word, I won't use that word. It's been a long journey, but the kind hearts and the amazing people that I have met on this journey, I don't regret. I don't regret one day of going to work tired as shit. I don't regret (laughs) anything because I know it's necessary. The fact that you all cover the story, the reporters that cover the story, the um, organizations that come out and door knock and walk and educate. The education is the most powerful piece to me. Mm-hmm. So if you're door knocking and you're educating people about what's going on in their community, 
you're priceless to me. So everyone that has assisted my community and everyone that will be impacted on this I-45 expansion, I would just like to say thank you. Um, I don't believe people would have paid attention without the door knockers. The door, the people that have the boots on the ground mm-hmm. are the most valuable people in the world. So um, this uh, Stop I-45 expansion, I always salute Molly and Susan and Chloe. Chloe is a rock star. I don't know if you all have ever met her, but she's a quiet giant. Like, I really salute her. Um, you all rock. So we appreciate what you're doing. Um, I, I just always have to say thanks because it's, it's amazing to see other people care for other people, like Molly said, loving on each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's necessary, and it gets shit done. People don't think it gets done. It gets done. And that's where, like, you know, they, they essentially have asked in, in some ways for us to help with, the, again, big us, to help with the heavy lifting. And that is disappointing because wish wish we had a fully functional federal government that leveraged like, technology advancements to why really... Why are they so incompetent? <laughs> you like, know, like, wish that existed. Wish that we really valued this stuff so there's tons of funding for it. Wish that that already happened. Wish that TxDOT just... Whatever, right? So I can wish all day long. But in the reality that we're in, um, you know, this, this is a model. This mm-hmm. is a model. Partner with your community organizations, you know, whether you're talking about COVID-19 testing sites in Fifth Ward, whether you're talking about, you know, getting getting the temperature on how people feel about a really major development in your community, whether you're talking about a freeway, you need to use what is already existing. There's right. community in place, work with them, and that's how you do your community engagement because people want to be engaged. There's so many people that are willing to speak up and speak out, speak out about what's going on, but um, the lack of community involvement it is because of where do we go? Right. Who's ex? Who's who's wanting to know how we feel? And the outreach sucks. Mm. There, there's a lack of outreach. Well, and you'll knock on a, on, you know, like an old timer's door. Somebody who's been around the block, who knows some stuff and has some institutional knowledge about their neighborhood, and they'll tell you, "Why are you fighting? Don't waste your time." Go, go enjoy your 20s or your 30s or, you know, whatever so they tell I'm me. I'm glad like, you said that. Because Let's, you try and they don't listen. Let me tell you. I'll tell you the spirit of the elders in my community. They've already experienced I-10. So now they have a defeated spirit. It's already been done. Young girl, this is what was told to me. Young girl, you're behind the eight ball hmm. for me to stop. But because I, like I say... I'm fueled off of caffeine and anger. I got a lot of time. So I'm, I believe in what we're doing. So I won't stop. So, um, well, I mean, there's like, so, so much of this work is rooted in abolition. Right. Right. Because this generational trauma is because of white supremacy. Yeah. Like everything about it. Um, and part of anti-racist work is this work. Like it just is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the the fact that there's still a red line mm-hmm. is the biggest problem. We are target because that still exists. That is still upheld. So 
if that goes away, then maybe there's a space. Maybe there's a chance of this getting better. And maybe my son won't have the um, experience of losing sleep to fight for hmm. another um, project. There will be no projects at his, when he's 40. Yeah. But as long as there's a redlining. Right. Well, and like so many of these organizations, like I even think of like the Democratic Party, right? Like they, how did Hillary Clinton lose to Donald Trump, right? It's this lack of organization, lack of phone banking. They said like all these different organizations say that they got their shit together, but here comes the Federal Highway Administration with none of their shit together. Mm -hmm. And the community is there to make the electoral stuff happen but it's only because in this case they're like allowing you to right like if the community tries to step in in any other way it's just like red line red tape red tape so yeah and i would say you know just i like i'd like to parallel to my own life like as an er nurse you can come in with your your scissors your stethoscope you got a plan for the day you're super excited and then when you're up against powers that are actually um greater than you are if there's too many sick really sick people like you can have the best intentions and still fail to achieve your goals or still provide less optimal care right and i feel i feel for the fhwa title six investigation team i can i feel yanked around i know residents feel yanked around i can only imagine how it would feel to be trying your hardest to do your best work and you're getting calls from people at whatever hour of the day threatening something giving you underhanded suggestions about how to do your work telling you we can't offend so and so we can't do that you know i don't know what they're dealing with but people are really playing politics TextDot is not ethical. TextDot does not play fair. And they are pulling strings and they're doing everything they can and they're calling all their buddies. And, you know, I just, I really feel for that team and, and wonder what they're dealing with. Yeah. Well, uh, let's take one more little music break and then we'll wrap it up. Oh 
I used to fly first class cause I knew that I could Took care of all the bills cause I thought that I should Yeah going we're towards the end of this interview today if you missed it don't worry it'll be uploaded to spotify google podcasts uh, pocket casts and wherever else you get your um podcast um so (laughs) jesus we covered a lot um all right so um before we get to the like call to action and uh, getting the community involved in this. Do you guys have any last things that you want to say? Yeah. Um, every time I speak out about what's going on in my community, 
um, the perception that is being painted around my name or my organization is one of a aggressor, aggressive. Uh, oh, that's racist. So what I want, what I would like for people to know and understand that this is not aggressiveness. This is pain. This is passion. Um, I speak for the elders that raised me. So they have already fought their fight. And I grew up in a community where the village people mindset was very, it's, it's very tough. Each one, everybody takes care of everyone in the community. So our culture is what I'm trying to preserve. The community, affordable housing is what we are trying to preserve. Um, to have a choice to stay home or leave should be, it should just be normal to choose where you live. But it's, at this time, it's not. So when I'm perceived as um, angry or disrespectful, it's because I call a spade a spade. Mm-hmm. So we have a nonprofit organization in our community. Named, um, the name of it is Fifth Ward CRC. The CEO is Kathy Payton. Um, and also Reverend uh, Harvey Clemens. If you go on the Houston webs- City of Houston website, you can see the longevity of their control over my community for political and economic decisions. These are also the people that gave the $133 million investment to uh, the East River Project, the Midway developers in East River Project. As soon as that um, CBA went through without the community benefits agreement without a community involvement, <laughs> as soon as that went through, TechStock comes through the community and now says, now, we're going to bring this freeway also, right? To have Kathy Payton get on airwaves and say she's here to quiet the noise around the um, I-45 expansion lets you know that our welfare was never considered. When you all said that you educated the community as a nonprofit, it's, it's not true. Prove it. So I am, um, our African family is considered... I don't know what you, I, I, I could care less what they consider us because we, te- we tell the truth. So anytime you tell the truth, how many friends will you really have? So um, when you say, when we're teaching our neighbors about what's going on, it's not well received, but we will continue. And I will do it to the depth of me because I understand what happens when you don't speak up for yourself, when you don't fight back. You get ran over. So right now we feel like there's a bunch of bulldozers just coming through the community to destroy things without our involvement. So we'll continue to teach and to educate our neighbors. Um, And there's no age limit that we're educating. We teach without a ceiling. So um, to all who say that we are aggressive, if telling our truth and speaking our truth about what we feel about what's going on in our home is aggressive, then we will be aggressive. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, the tokenization Mm -hmm. that happens within all of these communities. Um, Do you want to speak more on that? Yeah. I I wanted to touch a little bit on um, what we saw at the July Texas Transportation Commission meeting, which anybody can go back and watch the archives for that. But 
basically because Title VI, investiga- Title VI complaints were filed, because people have been speaking out against the racism, because all of this was going on, TechStock called all their friends and had them come out to that meeting and say that it would be good for black and brown communities. And that, mm-hmm. in fact, uh, you know, organizations fighting it are racist themselves and, and trying to flip the narrative. And um, if you, again, peel back the layers and just look closely, you know, Argentina James is the v- VP of policy for um, the black women of Greater Houston Pack, and many members of that pack were outspoken at that meeting in favor of the of the I forty five expansion. What she failed to disclose is that she's also the president and CEO of Hilday, which is the PR firm for TechStot. Um, so what we have really seen is that the people who want this, because I'll tell you, nobody wants it. No regular person wants a wide freeway. Nobody. It's a bad plan. Nobody wants more concrete. We all want trains, buses. We all want to be able to ride our bikes. We all want to breathe clean air. So the truth is the people who want this have a very, very big financial interest in it moving forward. So what we're seeing is, um, and I'm a a white chick who lives in Montrose, so here's y'all's grain of salt, but what we're seeing is class racism, right? Mm -hmm. It's that you can have any color of skin and still be an oppressor. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, when you see um, NAACP Houston Housing come to that meeting and use, and I quote, inclusive gentrification, that's the term she used. Um, you know, when you see the Shit. black women of Greater Houston Pack come out, when you see these people show up and speak out in favor of it and saying it's going to help black and brown communities, you have to peel back the layers. You have to follow the money. Mm-hmm. So um, there's nuance and it's, it's, it's insidious. Yeah. Well, and Sylvester Turner himself is a very uh, bright and shining example of class racism. Well, I'll say this in a history, in our history, black history, there's never been a way to take over us without us. They're mm. going to always find mm. someone that look like us to destroy us. So it's who's taking the envelope. Yeah. Because you're definitely getting a fucking envelope. Yes. Yeah. Now is your envelope worth it? <laughs> Fuck no. Oh. Um. So, you know, as people listen to this, it can feel very disheartening, right? It's, it's a lot, (laughs) it's a lot, um, news is a lot and it can feel very isolating, but there is such love in community and community is such love and Mm -hmm. the work that's being done, the work that you guys are doing around this and outside of this is love um, how can people get involved? What do you need people to do? I would say just come out to the community. By coming out to the community and working with um, the community events that we post on our website and on Instagram, you'll build connections in seconds. You'll understand mm-hmm. what's going on just by simply doing community service. So, um our website is ourafricanfamily.org, and our Instagram is ourafricanfam5. So we do um, monthly bike tours, which educate you. We educate around what was fifth, what what's the historic fifth ward, and what will be. So um, that we do an educational bike tour once a month. We have a community garden in Clem Manor. You can, and that's on every fourth Saturday. The bike tour is every third Saturday. And um, our bike tour this month will be on the 18th. 
and we'll start from Lockwood and Lyons Avenue in front of the CVS. And it starts at 9.30. We take off at 9.30 a.m. Nice. How about what's up? Yeah, I just want to echo that. Um, you know, what What these freeways do, what the intention of these, these governmental institutions is, is to disconnect, to tear us apart. Um, and so by just by connecting, you are fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage people, join a group. Of course you feel isolated. Of course you feel discouraged when you're alone. And, you know, and, and I always say this, we never started this fight because we could win it, right? That wasn't the reason we started it. Courage is fighting when you know you're already licked. You do it because it's the right thing. Because we deserve to know what's going on in our communities and because we deserve an opportunity to be heard and fight back. Everyone does. Um, so I, I echo that. Just join up reach out, grab somebody's hand. Um. And like the thing is too, it's like, you know, well, you know, I have, I'm just speaking as like somebody who's like, I work three jobs and I have a kid and mm-hmm. I'm very, very busy and I don't have time to get involved. That is okay. By simply knowing, by education, educating yourself and educating other people on what's going on, that is very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is all information that they don't actually want you to know about. Right, right. Otherwise, they would have already told you about it. Right. And that so if you gain awareness. the knowledge by actually listening, if you go on um, Stop I-45 Expansions, um, um, Instagram, you'll gain so much knowledge just reading their posts. So if you read the post and you learn from the post, then you tell your coworker, tell your neighbor, spreading the word, it may get to someone that can do the things that you're not able to do. So there's always avenues to help. Yeah, and then I'll I'll mention some just practical stuff, kind of from easiest lift to heavier lift. Um, the first thing that you can do is go to our website. The name is stoptext.i45, and it's just all one word, no dashes or anything. Stoptext.i45, um, and text.i45 is T-X-D-O-T, uh, dot com. You can sign up for our newsletter. You can check out our calendar of events. You know, we have a general meeting coming up on Tuesday. Everything's on Zoom. It's very easy to find, and we'll have an in-person social on the 21st if you want to come out. Um, just, you know, follow follow us on everything so you can get the location when it's decided. Um, But sign up for the newsletter. A newsletter just went out that was incredibly juicy. It has all of these updates and we'll send out um, anybody who didn't read it. We'll get another one on Monday. So (laughs) sign up by Monday and you'll, you'll get all the updates. Um, You can follow us on Instagram at stoptext.i45. Follow us on Twitter. Check out our Facebook page. And on our Facebook page, there's a video from the press conference that was incredibly powerful. We had it at Gallery Furniture and you can hear from affected residents and um, community members speaking out against it. So, you know, just follow, follow, follow. Just be aware. Um, And then we give a lot of comments. And I don't think everyone um, understands how local government runs on comments. And sometimes they don't listen, but the record is important. And... um, you also learn things from joining with your with your friends to give comments and things like that, and you you create a culture in which it gets more and more difficult for people to look you in the eye and and fuck you basically. Right. Um, and so so we give a lot of comments, and one of the most important governing bodies for I forty five is one that nobody knows about, and it's well, no, not nobody, but it's the Houston Galveston Area Council Transportation mm-hmm. Policy Council. They meet monthly. The membership is very large, 30-something members, um, all the way from the coast up to Conroe, you know, 
Pasadena, Baytown, and West and everything. So it's a very large area that they cover, lots of counties. And um, they are consistently voting, basically like suburban rural counties are voting against the urban ones so mm-hmm. that so that we're, we keep funding this. We keep moving forward with it. And they are the ones who control the votes and the funding and how that money moves down from the federal government into these projects. They advise TxDOT. So um, their next meeting is December 17th at 9.30 a.m. And they do hybrids. You can show up in person if you want to yell at them in their faces, or you can call in from the comfort of your cubicle, the comfort of your home, you know? And um, those are actually, I always encourage people, some of the easiest meetings that you'll ever call into. Starts at 9.30. Public comment is around 9.45, 9.50 after they've kind of gone over the how it works. And then there are never people there. So it's super quick. There might be a dozen of us and you'll and you'll be done you know you'll be off and, and about your day at 10 15 you don't have to sign up ahead of time you just let them have it you get three minutes so I always encourage people we need to be showing up to that and my god if you live in a suburb please 9 30 on December 17th you know we need you there um, and so there's lots of opportunity for comments. You know, Harris County's waffling. Do you have a connection with anybody at Harris County? Can you call them and say, what are you guys doing right now? You know, yeah, what's they the plan the lawsuit. here? Right. So, you know, and, um, and of course the FHWA being in town. So now we're getting in some of the heavier lifts for people, but especially if you live in second ward, fifth ward, third ward, North line, Greens point near North side, you know, um, up on Tidwell and Parker and, all these different areas of town like we need you to either file a title six complaint which is the way to guarantee you get meetings with the fhwa they have mm-hmm. to follow up with you if you file a complaint so if you want to be on their radar and get a FaceTime with them you can file your own title six complaint and we have a landing page one of our, our members um, i'm going to give a shout out to ali smither who is a force of good in Houston. She's a star. She's a star. Um, I created a landing page for people. It's fhwahouston.com. Super easy. Hop on there. You can submit a Title VI or you can let us know um, that you'd like to meet with the FHWA while they're in town. They're meeting with people on Thursday and Friday. They're getting tours. So, you know, we want people. And I mean, you know, I'll just say it real straight. Like you can't be a white person and file a Title VI complaint, really, unless you're filing on behalf of something and you need to have a compelling reason. But yes. <laughs> you, no, I mean, yeah. Yeah. If you meet criteria <laughs> for discrimination and you feel like you're being affected by this, you should absolutely consider filing a Title VI complaint. Even if we don't get their right to self-certify taken away, even if we don't stop the project, we might win mitigation for people. And when I look people in the eye who are looking at losing their home, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta, we got to be honest with people, you know what we're trying to help. And so whatever you want, that's what we're here to support. And, you know, we'll see what comes of this and we would love to see their certification taken away. We'd love to see the project stop, but there's a lot of things that could be done to make this better. And, and title six is a way to, to kind of chase those dreams as well. Um, and then, you know, yeah, as always become a member, show up, start working with us and help us strategize and, um, you know, help us, help us build, build capacity so that we can stop this thing. And to all um, elected officials that have the resources to assist the grassroots organizations that are doing the work to help them build capacity, I would encourage you to do so. There's um, ways to assist these grassroots organizations that are doing work that some people are actually paid to do. So when I began to do this work and found out that this was actually a job for somebody, 
it was my, it's, I did it because I, I understood it in my culture. It has to be done. We have always been fighting. So it was something necessary to do, so you just do it. There's ways to assist the grassroots organizations that's actually assisting the government to do the right thing. So I would encourage them to bring the resources, allow the resources to go to the grassroots organizations that's doing the footwork. Hell yeah. All right, folks, that's all we've got for you today. Uh, if you missed this interview, uh huh. Can I say one last thing? Yeah, soon? This go for it. Um, you know, we picked a formidable opponent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Text out is something else, right? And like, I'm an ER nurse, I'm fighting pestilence, plague, and death. Like, I just don't shy away from a big fight. And it is discouraging sometimes. This is a low moment. And that's okay. There are high moments and low moments. And the reason we fight is because it's the right thing to do. And there's a lot of meaning and there's deep connection. And there is hope. And you can look at us. You can look at our, our social media. You can come to our meetings. We don't look discouraged. Mm-hmm. We feel deeply connected and we feel powerful to affect this. And we also know that there is today, there is tomorrow, and there's forever. There's forever. There is forever. So, you know, you fight because it's the right thing to do. And um, I promise you, if you join in, if you're feeling discouraged right now, you will not feel discouraged shortly after joining. Yeah. It's true. Community service is free therapy, damn it. Join yeah. in. And we've already done more than anybody would have ever expected. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And we're not true. stopping. No. I mean, there's no reason to. Because, I mean, even even if, like, you know, hopefully things go the way that they need to go, there's still going to be some other bullshit, mm-hmm. you know. There's a lot of bullshit. <laughs> there's a lot of bullshit. <laughs> there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of love, man. <laughs> well, folks, if you missed this interview, I will be uploading it. Uh, look up unconventional journalist on whatever you get your podcasts. Um, that'll be up like later this evening or tomorrow. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, thanks for joining me, taking some time to. Talk more about it. I know you guys have been like batshit balls to the wall. Uh, so I really do appreciate y'all taking time to, to talk more. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank and you. thank you, Kendra. Thank you. Hell yeah. Yeah. yeah.